Welcome back to the Screaming Idiots Show, everybody. Once again, hope everybody's had a good week. Getting ready for the weekend. We got us a solo episode today. Figured we'd mix it up on y'all. We've had a couple guests on and definitely want to thank all of our guests that have came on for season one and se- season two because they're you know spending their free time coming in and helping us make great content for you guys. So want to shout them out for sure. Well, boys, you know, it's been a while since we've talked about um you know the band and you know band business um and tyler i know that you had mentioned you had some topics you wanted to cover in regards to that so i'm gonna let you let it rip buddy um yeah so what i kind of wanted to talk about is the process from writing a song to then getting it into the studio and there's there's a lot of bands out there that I realize don't really know what that process looks like or how to navigate it. Um, and Preston, what, what do you think about how we uh, were able to record some songs and kind of start dissecting them as, as we're writing them? Well, I think it's provided a whole new perspective because um, what we're used to doing is coming up with certain parts of a song and putting it together on the fly um, as a band at practice. Of course, there's a limited time frame that we're able to do that. So it's like practice upon practice upon practice. We're trying to build on maybe one song and then we'll play through a set list of something else. And it's like, if only there was a way (laughs) to have it in a computer (laughs) to be able to hear it and... And build off of it. Yeah. Uh, and we had tried to do this a while back, but if I'm not mistaken, Tyler, I think it just came in like sound wise so shitty that we didn't want to run with it. Yeah, that was pretty much it. Um, I used what limited amount of microphones I had, mm-hmm. um, trying to mic up the entire band. Plus, just I was trying to run the vocals straight out of our PA into the interface and that. Did not work out well no, at all. And that's been a while. That's been what? Shit. A year? Well, I didn't really take the... I mean, that that wasn't that long ago. It feels like a damn year. I'd say six, about six months. Okay. It's, it's been a while. But, you know, what what I learned from that, um, you know, there, there's some things, extra steps I got to take before I can do something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of what we've been working on lately we got some new equipment to be able to um record at least the band playing um while we play uh just live jamming going through songs mm-hmm. um and since we don't really have many shows lined up i think we had had a discussion earlier this year about kind of focusing this year on writing new stuff mm-hmm. and <clears throat> we had talked about it uh, on, on an earlier episode where you know we were kind of looking at having to make some decisions on you know what songs we have out there and really focusing on writing songs that actually compete with what else is out there so that we can really deserve the mm. listeners that we want. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of bands struggle with this process because most bands, the only thing they have access to is 
what we had before. Like you said, we would come in to the garage, hope that we can hear everything well, which we are fortunate in the space that we have. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Most bands don't have this. It's, yep. you know, I remember jamming in a basement right? and I'm talking like a 1920s basement. You, you literally had to duck to get in between a floor joist and then you could stand up straight. Oh, I wouldn't. Have, <laughs> I wouldn't have that problem. <laughs> well, you wouldn't have that problem. Scotty true. didn't have an issue. My fucker was sitting down the whole time yeah. anyway. <laughs> no, so I I think it's really cool um, from a creative standpoint because we're able to plug it into this machine over here, this new technology. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it's new to us, guys. Yeah, yeah. It's new to us. We're way behind, y'all. Um, but being able to plug it in and and mess with the EQs and everything else, but then hear a playback of it, it instantly got my mind racing for other parts or what needs to be taken out, what needs to be messed with here. Uh, so I think it'll kind of spiral us into, at some point, once these are finished, maybe quicker than what we expected, wanting to record and, and get, which it was already on the plate to get new stuff out. Um mm-hmm. But I think this might speed up that process a little bit more for us. Yeah, and I think quality-wise, um, the songs that we're going to have written, um, we we really thought that we, we had something. You, you said this before we started recording. We really thought we had something with some of these songs, and Mm-mm. we're finding out that like they are not ready yet. Mm-mm. Nope, nowhere close. And we don't even have... Oops you know, lyrics, you know, vocal parts to the, the songs yet. We're just dealing with the music, and we thought it was the, the coolest shit we had ever written. And to an extent it is. It's yeah. just with more complex songs, there's <laughs> it becomes more complex, piecing yeah. everything together. So, And I think we've always critiqued our stuff to a certain extent, but now I feel like it's even more as of late. Um, but no, I'm excited. It should, like I said, spiral us into wanting to record, but then there's a whole lot of writing that needs to be done way beforehand. Um, and I don't know. I think we're on to something here. Kyler, I, I don't want to exclude you from the conversation. Um, I would, I would actually be interested in hearing your like outside looking in take on the writing process, what you've seen, and as a musician yourself, um, you know, trying to write your own songs, things like that. How does how does a conversation like that, you know, help you figure out what you need to do musically? Yeah, and that's it, an interesting question. And first off, I guess when it comes to the writing style, you know, I think Preston and I have mentioned it before on this show that, you know, our whole lives growing up playing guitar, we were just riff writers, mm-hmm. right? And I think Preston mentioned mentioned that when he first joined the band, he found that he had struggled with songwriting, you know, oh, actually yeah. putting a whole song together from start to finish with, you know, riffs, breakdowns, bridges, mm-hmm. choruses, whatever it might be, adding all of that to, um, you know, a song is incredibly complex right 
So you would think it'd, it'd be simple, but I don't know. Maybe I got writer's block or whatever. But. Right. No, I, it's, it's, it's very revealing and eye opening for me because, you know, before the show, I sat in here and listened to some of the recordings that you guys were just talking about. And it's, it's cool to be able to have that play it back over and over and find bits and pieces that you need to work on, mm -hmm. need moved, need changed in some way, shape or form. And like you said, you're very lucky that to have that in this space to do that in. And me as a musician, the only thing I've ever done is record it on my phone, right? right. Play it back. I'm right. like, Oh, okay. I, that's cool. I got that. Record something else, play it back. So, and it's shitty sound quality and shitty video quality and all that. <laughs> so to be able to do it like this, mm -hmm. Is one, it makes me kind of jealous, which I can come over here and do it anytime I want. But I got you. You, you know what I mean? If if we weren't, you know, best friends and I didn't know about this or didn't have access to this, I'd be like, you motherfucker. <laughs> but fortunately, I do. <laughs> but I don't have it at home, you know. So it's a it's a unique way to um, fine tune your music. And um, I, I wish that more people and more bands had access to this kind of, which they do, they just might not know it, um, you know, had access to a space like this and was able to record quality sound and be able to use that to create a final construction for their music. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I know we're all, or not all of us, but most of us are some broke musicians. <laughs> we have all yep. these aspirations but also all these other responsibilities that, that tend to hold us back. And if you can't afford it, I would highly recommend finding um, even someone that's doing it in their bedroom or maybe they have um, a decent spot like in here to be able to record some stuff. This isn't a perfect space, so hell, maybe you can get into a, a serious studio, but get in there and and use that opportunity not to to rush it and save money by just blasting out what you already do. Take the time to listen to it and say, maybe I need to change some things because although it's fun to play. It's not that fun to listen to. Mm -hmm. And I think I've learned that about some of our songs. Songs that I have a really fun time playing on the bass. We put you, it all together. You guys, you guys don't like the songs that much. Um, yeah. And so we don't play them. But to me, it's fun to play, but like, how does that, that feel, taking that objective look? at your music and say, fuck man, I don't know that I would listen to that. That ain't good enough. <laughs> yeah. No, there's, I, there's a, I don't mean to cut you off. You're good. So you're funny. good. So if I can put it into relatable terms, um, for all you mu just music fans out there. Translate. Yeah. Think about the song escape by Metallica. They're, the reason that they have never, or well, I don't say have never, but will never play that song live is because when they listen to it, they said, one, this just doesn't have a great flow and it's not the easiest thing to play live. And two, it does not fit a live setting and it doesn't sound good 
when listened to. Now, a lot of Metallica fans out there, including myself, love that song, but the band is like, this is not a great listening experience. We're not playing it live. So there's my translation for what mm-hmm. you just said. Mm-hmm. I, I think it also, uh, I mean, it's a real honest assessment of yourself. Um, well, maybe not yourself, but as a band. Uh, but for me, what it also did was it was easily, it felt easier that I could pick out, oh, that, that ain't right. Or, and I don't mean by the notes that I was playing, but I mean just the flow of the song or whatever it is that we had wrote. It's like, nope, that's not it. And, uh, and of course, everybody's going to have their different opinion. Um, or, okay, I like where we're going there, but something's got to be added or slightly changed. Um, it made it easier for me to recognize it. That makes sense. Yeah. I think so. So, Kyler, have you ever been to, like, a real studio? No. Because this is obviously not a real studio. No. (laughs) If you're referring to, like, where you guys recorded inhibitions, no, I've never been in a place like that. I've been in a janky-ass one, but not not meaning like this, but, like, in high school. This is kind of janky, though. Well... Fair enough, but janky. It's the beat lab, people. It's a sanctuary. It's a damn beat lab. So, no, I have not. So, if you decided, you know, hey, I want to write some songs, and I want to, I want to record them. What process would you go about? Well, the the I'm probably the wrong person to ask because I have access to this shit, right? So. Let me let me remove myself from the situation, put myself in the shoes of someone that doesn't have that access. If you're really just starting out, right, and you've never recorded something before, you've maybe you're just starting to write music and this is some of the first stuff you've ever done, you're most likely not willing to or going to spend a bunch of money to get that stuff recorded, right? So you're going to find a buddy. Yep. Or, you know, one of your dad's friends or somebody that you know that is able to record and mix mm-hmm. and whatnot. And it's probably going to be in the dude's garage or in the dude's basement or in the mm-hmm. dude's bedroom. Mm-hmm. And that's that's the route you're going to go. Because especially if you're a solo, you know, or a solo act or just getting started as a band. I, you know, these these guys you know, don't have a ton of money to go Mm-mm. and find a nice recording studio and pay the money to get it recorded and mixed and mastered and all that. So they're going to find a local guy that has the setup to record music and and mix it. And that's what you're going to do. And that's what I would do. That, that was a very good explanation. Well, you know, I am a semi-professional podcaster. <laughs> And a amateur musician. So, Preston. <laughs> a shitty guitarist, if you me recall too. what Preston said about me a couple episodes. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> shitty guitarist. Damn it. <laughs> never living it down. You're never I didn't that say that. The shit. very next episode, you told Tyler he was a shitty guitarist. Or called him a pussy. He called him soft. Yeah. I seen that big ass fucking blister. Jeez. Go ahead, Tyler. I'm insulted all over again. But what was the process that we went through as a band that was really taking it very serious? Um, What was the process we went through uh, to land at the studio we went to? 
Well, we, we interviewed a couple, from what I remember, a couple guys that we felt like we would have vibed with, um, and all went well, but it was another slap in the face. Of course, it was my first time doing it, but thought I'd be prepared, thought I'd figure it out, um, and that wasn't the case. I, I struggled in the studio the first time, um, and it wasn't due to the environment or anything like that. It was mainly to do with myself, but... I think the process was okay and all, but it would have been better if we were all more prepared leading up to it. Like so glad thought, that you said that. Thought, like, I think we all thought we were prepared, but, of course, me and Tyler were kind of driving the whole thing to get recorded, and we put it all together uh, somewhat quick. But, yeah, I mean, it was, I would say it was an okay, okay experience. Okay. So, yeah, what... What Preston and I did was first we went to the Google machine. Mm-hmm. Yep. Technology. Technology and things. Mm-hmm. But um <laughs> still new. Promise you. Um but anyway, we went and we started looking up, you know, studios. Just easy easy Google search. And started looking through ratings, started looking through websites and figuring out which space looks like it's going to give us what we want. What we wanted was maybe not quite the quality you get from what, you know, these bands you listen to on the radio and stuff, because Mm -hmm. they got, you know, tens of thousands of dollars into producing these albums. Okay, so that's a house. (laughs) <laughs> I don't have that, or it's a car, you know, for, for some of the cheaper ones. I mean, you have a house and you have a car. but Yeah, but I'm not I'm not willing to give those up for studio time. Right. No. <laughs> I just wanted to clarify. <laughs> so, it's, um, you know, looking through these, these studios, and then we reached out and we set up, basically, we wanted to walk through the studio first, and mm-hmm. we wanted to meet the producer. We wanted to see who we was going to vibe with, um, who was most likely to get us what we wanted. And we ended up landing on this guy, Matt, at Vaughn Music Studios Mm -hmm. in Columbus. And I remember going, you know, we went to visit the one time and... I was a little bit seduced by the space. Yeah, it was sweet. It was a cool looking space. Yeah, it was sweet. I was a little bit seduced, and so, you know, we asked, we asked Matt. We told him we were like, "Look, we've we've been to two other music studios. We had planned to meet a fourth. Why should we hire you?" Mm-hmm. And he he was honest, dude. Mm-hmm. He was like, "Look, I've never recorded a band like you guys. You know, the hard rock, the metal." <clears throat> he's like it it will it'll be a challenge for me mm-hmm. um he's like i'm really interested in it though and um he was like other than that <clears throat> um the space yep like yep. they they do mastering in there mm-hmm. and to do true mastering you have to have like a special fucking room yeah and so being able to do a mix in that space and we ended up just having another producer 
at that studio come in and do the master in that room it was pretty awesome mm -hmm. it was but we i don't i don't think we <clears throat> got quite what we wanted because we were not better prepared yeah i think we could have been able to analyze it back um i think we we knew what we wanted um but it wasn't as if we were able to truly completely analyze through it like and as stupid as it sounds there there's a question that we could have asked ourselves and it was it was as simple as is this us and i still don't feel as if anything we've recorded has captured us as a band and that's why i'm so adamant about <clears throat> getting good at recording us play live because what we experienced with what we did is though the mix wasn't quite amazing by any means we still have some things to tweak mm -hmm. about how we're doing it um, to try to get a better sound but i felt like listening to us play live on those newer songs was the closest i've ever heard mm. screaming evidence recorded yeah yep so what advice would you guys give to um a local band out there that is going into that first album recording or first ep first single whatever that at first initial recording process you know it's like preston like you said you'd never done it before and it was yeah it was all new first, so it was all new what advice would you guys give to those those folks out there that are headed towards that process or have already got a scheduled what whichever so for a guitarist uh when you practice at home play with a metronome because that was a bitch for me. Yeah. I never realized how off time I am as a player, as a musician. Oh, bro, until I started, until I started messing with that metronome, and I would just be slightly off. But if you're, I mean, it fucks up the whole thing. Yeah. If you're off time, but as a band, go into it knowing what you want out of the sound. Um. And I know that's kind of a broad way to explain it, but it makes perfect sense. When to you me, play but... music with guys, you have an idea of what sound mm -hmm. you either have or, or are after. Well, we sent Matt some some examples uh -huh. of what we wanted. Mm -hmm. It was like, hey, we really like this band's mix. Um, we like the sounds from these guitars. We like the vibe of some of these Deftone mm -hmm. albums. Uh, things like that but that's just not what we got yeah and like you said it was being like you being pushed into a studio probably quicker yeah. than i should have let let you uh -huh. and i don't mean that as like no i get it being dad but like i was i was driving so hard to get that album done mm -hmm. and pushed because something out there. i finally had a partner yeah on the business side yeah which was you and your excitement through the process drove me i was like i got we got to get this album recorded we got to push yep. we got to push this is our chance yeah. <laughs> <laughs> as cheesy as it sounds yep. well we can get into the the momentum discussion in a minute but like 
oh man I, I i really pushed you into it man we didn't we didn't take the time to like i had everything we needed for us to record parts and start working on layers and stuff mm -hmm. before we went in yeah yeah but i was also working with scotty to get him ready uh -huh. for the studio because it was this situation of you know we scotty sure had, has right. a hard time playing with a metronome yep and that it sounds like the people that grew up like with pure thrash <laughs> that have problems with the metronome. Do you remember me, me? you, Scotty? Do you remember me and Scotty? Yeah, in the, in the studio, yeah. I was I was I was doing this to help. He him was like helping time. him with time. <laughs> Scotty's looking over. Oh, it's hilarious. Still Scotty's, getting a six band in every yeah. now and then. Scotty's such a visual dude that like he yep. had to see that beat. Yep. And he, he's, he's like that sometimes, but it worked. Yeah, it, it did. It was so cool. Yep. But like of all of our preparations, had we just figured that out? <laughs> well, and there was like. It would have saved us like five hours in the studio. Yeah. And I think because of the pressure that was put on us, probably mainly me and Scotty, because it's something you and Sean can breeze through quite a bit. Like when you listen, or at least when I listen back through what we had put out, there's no jam factor to it. Like, it feels like it's so, he was trying not to fuck that up. And, of course, I analyze everything I do when it comes to playing. But as a band, it felt like we're trying not to fuck this up. Play it right here. And it, there was no freeness too to it. Too tight is what Yeah, it was too yeah. tight. It's uptight. It just didn't feel relaxed. It wasn't, it wasn't us. Does that sound like a fun experience? No. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> We're no. yelling at each other in there right in front of this dude that barely knows us. Uh, no, that but hey, that man. right there is metal as fuck. <laughs> Go watch some kind of monster and see what those dudes did for that. I, whole th hour. I thought Scotty was ready to kill he Tyler. He fucking quit the band. I <laughs> <laughs> did. He walked out of that motherfucker. Oh, man. We was at each other's throats because yep. I was like, dude, we've worked on this. Yes. And that's where I say we thought we were prepared and we weren't. And the result, rushed. the result that we got was not us and kind of mainly our own we, fault. We didn't look at it objectively yeah. and say, we were just are excited. we ready? We, we were, were just excited. Just excited in the yeah. moment, the enthusiasm to, to yep. push on, on something like that as a band is a super thrilling experience. It is, it is exciting. And we, we allowed ourselves to rush it. So... Yep. If I had any advice, you'll probably hear that when you listen to it. For any band that's wanting to do that, it's you got you got to be prepared. You got to be able to play with metronome. You you, you got to have your songs ready to be recorded in a way that people are going to want to listen to. And that is my TED talk. Yep, that's fair, and I think that's <clears throat> that's all good advice for for any up and coming bands listening so it's i can imagine that that first recording experience is is very daunting and very uh well maybe not you know just the first but obviously you do it once or twice you start getting used to especially it, if you don't have a previous relationship with a producer yeah, or whoever yeah it's all new and yep. you know that can be a lot to take in so i think the the key there is relax yeah be prepared practice with a fucking metronome <laughs> and make sure wherever you're recording something about it feels like home yeah. Like, if you feel like you can't be yourself as a musician while you're recording, 
it ain't right. Did you still have fun in? The oh, year, I had a blast. Yeah, like I said, I, I think had that's a blast. important to mention too because I don't, yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to paint this too dark for for you know, yeah. Local. Don't don't be scared of it. Right, it's, you're still going to have fun because yeah. if you're if you're in recording music, you obviously love what you're doing. You have a passion for it, so still try to enjoy. And that's it. a good point because there's, uh, I realize that looking back on it now, there needs to be a level of fun and leisure because it allows the creative to come out mm-hmm. while you're there and you're also not but there needs to be real structure to it too because sure. if, it'll get off the rails yeah and then you're spending you're spending you know as that time that time clock keeps going you're spending money it's a very fine yep. line yep. of trying to balance hey let's keep this fun let's not stress ourselves out make ourselves miserable but let's also stay on task yeah have a schedule yep be be you know focused in our in our goal here mm-hmm. so trying to balance those two can be challenging i'm sure tyler right. you got something to say you looked at me with intent no so i i have an interesting thing um i brushed over it a little bit ago but it's the the momentum talk oh mm-hmm. yeah and i think it'd be a cool discussion because it goes right in line with what we're doing with the podcast sure and yeah. explain Preston, have, do you remember any of it? Refresh me. I have ADD. I don't think that makes you forget things, but sure. <laughs> okay. It's just my excuse. <laughs> I shouldn't make fun of that. Well, you and I had this conversation early on and you getting involved with the business side of the band. Mm-hmm. Um, the idea of building momentum. Okay. And so. I think I know where you're going. Yeah, so it's the idea of you put something out there to get people's attention. A single, an album, some some con whatever content you put out there to get mm-hmm. them excited. And it, and it gets you, you know, going upward a little bit, going up the hill, and then it'll plateau and it'll start dying off. Whatever the excitement is around this thing that you did Mm -hmm. that excitement is just going to drop off but you have to have something there yeah once you feel the plateau you have to have something ready to drop yep yep and you fucking drop it and you keep that momentum going upwards Mm -hmm. up up the hill and when that starts to plateau drop and that's where this idea of album cycles goes um, back, you know, going back to seventies, mm-hmm. I mean, even, even earlier than that, but in the seventies, that's, that's when albums seem to really be the way people wanted music. They wanted this big chunk all at once. Yeah. This big this goes chunk back to our music. binging conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And so, excuse me. So you have to start considering the trends that are out there. And I think that's why so many bands are releasing half of their fucking album as singles leading up to the drop of the album. And that's because people's con, you know, they want a good amount of content all at once quickly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And... You know, that's that's why these bands are switching to releasing singles, but still having the album 
behind it. Yeah, but or, we've, or we've, EP after EP after EP after. And we EP. can either exactly. delve into this conversation now, or yeah, we can. It's a side combo. Maybe we'll get to it later. But we've we've started to bitch about bands dropping four or five singles, four off or five record. singles, and then only having another four to six songs, songs on the rest heard. of the album, yeah. like. Yeah. That's the wrong way to fucking do it. I agree. The the sad reality is and what that, that's just from want. a listener too. Mm-hmm. That's not from like me thinking about my. That's just from I mean, a listener. Cur- currents Currents yeah. have already dropped four singles off their new record. Right. I mean, I'm still excited for it, but it's like fuck. Yeah, that's a lot of singles. Give me man. three of them, and then give me nine others yeah, when the album exactly. drops. Yeah, but I mean, that that's because what people really want is they want the whole album, but they want you to release. You know, two albums a year. Yeah. Or an album in a year. Like, that's what people really want you to do. They know you can't feasibly do that, but that's what they really want. That's why I think a lot of country artists these days are dropping double albums. Mm. Morgan Wall, Johnson, Luke Combs drops a bunch of shit all the time. I mean, so you've got all these these country artists that are dropping either like 30 30 song song albums or... An album a year, or yep. an album and an EP a year. They're they're or a single. They're doing uh, features. They're yep. constantly putting out. Country music has done a fantastic job of capitalizing yep. on constant content. Yep. But metal bands, I feel like, are still trying to catch up to that because one, there's a whole lot more to produce a metal song. Than say, it does it's a more song. creative, way more most okay? of the oh, time. Yeah. So the time constraint <laughs> is obvious, but. I'm glad we got into this conversation. Yeah, no, it, but it falls into, you, you, you can also default back on the relevancy mm-hmm. conversation. Yeah. I love Polaris just as much as you do. They're not very relevant right now. Nope. They haven't dropped new music in a long time. And all yep. these, I know, I understand they're on the road. They've been touring yep. all that. But they're, yep. I mean, even for me, like, yeah. bro, I've heard all their shit so many it's times. Like, I'm uh, kind of like, okay. Yeah. I love Polaris. I've just, I'm desperate for them to drop new yeah. music. We say it almost every fucking yep. day. When's that I actually thing? listened to Mortal Coil yesterday in the gym. Mm. I've gotten back got into all right, the, baby. I've gotten back into all their older, older shit. stuff. Di- uh, I mean, we played the dichotomy. death until it fucking burned <laughs> yeah, up, dude. Yeah. No shit. <laughs> fucking burn up. So I, I've <laughs> gone back and listened and listened to Dichotomy, the first album, yep. and then their other uh, EPs just to yep. get in some older shit because they're not putting anything yeah. new out. So that falls back on your your your, your depiction mom. of momentum and plateauing and yep. you know polaris is going down here with the relevancy and their momentum because they're not releasing any new shit yep. yeah i mean it's just there's there's what people want and then there's what people get and people are not satisfied with what they're getting no and so that's that's why you, you know you and i really had that conversation about how should we do this this podcast and release our content and start mm-hmm. building momentum and it was like well to make sure that we have solid content for an extended period of time, it's let's go ahead and record a whole season. Yep. Yep. Release it out there for those who want to binge it because we know there's a lot of people that want to binge their content. Yep. And some have already told us as such. Exactly. Well, and I know as a podcast listener myself, I do the same thing. Yeah, I binge. Like, I get on Colin Cowherd's show and I'll mm-hmm. three one-hour episodes back-to-back-to-back, mm-hmm. like, throughout the day. Yeah, and so, w- with what we've decided, we're able to essentially 
do what these these metal bands and stuff want to be able to do yeah but they can't we're just basically uh, releasing yeah. albums every few months pretty much yeah we're calling them seasons but when you think about it, it's kind of what it is yeah because you know the the folks that are going to listen to us and, and uh join the backstage pass on patreon mm-hmm. they're going to get an entire album essentially of shows and all the bonus content that we do in between seasons yep so they're they are tapping into that binge factor then there's some people that you know whether you're 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 a casual listener of the show or you're just discovering us or and you want to find out if you like us um you're you're just listening to it weekly yeah and then does it it might involve evolve into a binge it might not so mm-hmm. it's just different people's tastes you know mm-hmm. that's why we're trying to do this to fit everybody's taste right we've got youtube we've got patreon we've yeah. got all the podcasting platforms we've got tiktok we've got instagram now so we're 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 gonna you know <clears throat> we've been doing reels and stuff short clips yep. and whatnot so um we as a podcast are trying to tap into each person's desires right and not just be so one-dimensional mm-hmm. there's a lot of content out there that in my opinion is good but is one-dimensional in the in the means that there's only one way to digest it yeah I, I work in agriculture, right? And I'm I'm going to take you for a quick Let's trip. Let's go, here. baby. So Let's go. When we feed, think me about, the, <laughs> feed me the corn. So we're going to talk about corn. <laughs> Give so, me that cash so crop, baby. Here, here's my here's my agronomist my agronomist background, my agronomy degree coming out. When you think about corn, number one nutrient important to corn is nitrogen, right? And if we continue to apply nitrogen in only one form, meaning anhydrous, the mm-hmm. white tanks you see, twenty mm-hmm. eight percent 32 percent urea whatever it might be if we continue to only apply one form of nitrogen one one time in one way we're not going to progress any it's going to stay stagnant our yields are not going to increase over time but if we mix it up we use different forms of nitrogen we put some starter fertilizer on the planter and then follow it up with a a side dress pass of 28 at v5 none none of that makes sense to anybody listening baby so we're addressing I'm multiple corny. multiple <laughs> I have a I have a saying and it's multiple forms of nitrogen multiple passes. So, multiple forms of content at multiple times. It's the same it's the same yeah. theory. So, we're trying yeah. to be diverse as a podcast and mm-hmm. put multiple forms of content out there for all of our viewers to enjoy. If you got I mean our, our YouTube videos have started doing really well mm-hmm. and that's that's because a lot of people absorb content on YouTube. Mm-hmm. So, we're trying to be as uh versatile as possible for our listeners. And I think that's what a lot of bands these days are trying to do but are struggling to do because they still want they want to put <clears throat> out quality content. Yeah. None of these bands yeah. want a half-ass album. No. Uh-uh. So, <laughs> they're trying to figure out, "Hey, how can we how can we please our fans? Oh, I have an idea. We're going to make this kick-ass album, but we're going to release four or five songs off of it as singles so fans can binge content yeah. until we drop the actual album. Too bad it's only got another three songs. Right. <laughs> That's the unfortunate part. So well, not- and the other part of it, dude, it takes <clears throat> stuff like this, and especially with a band, like when you're trying to stay relevant and keep doing things, it takes a lot of your yeah, time, man. It does. A lot of it your does. time. So going back to advice for bands, it would be not only be prepared for the studio time and all that going into doing this album, but are you ready to go right back into that process 
so that you got a fucking round in the chamber. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you show a little patience and wait till you're ready to do both and give you plenty of time to get number three out there mm-hmm. so that you can release them within at least a year of each other? And that's how you build momentum, mm-hmm. my guy. Like, It's just like what we're doing with this season right now, because this was where we decided to do the season thing. Yep. So we've been busting our ass time-wise to crank this yeah. season out in a couple weeks. So it's it's no different, because we're, we're trying to keep a round in a pipe. We're trying to keep a, 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 yep. a, round, a round in, in the, the chamber. chamber. So it's it's the same exact same thought process and it's for any any form of yeah it's just content Mm -hmm. it is how you have to be prepared to put out quality content that's going to keep people interested and start like you said tyler building that momentum and maintaining that momentum by continuously putting out good content and what what does bo say on the show it's an instantaneous society or something where he's talking about it is it is an instantaneous society he's referring to a, a, a sports show that we listen to and the host talks about how how we consume media today. Yeah, he talks about his kids a lot. It's all at their fingertips. Yeah, it's all on their tablets or on their computers or on the the their smart TVs. Yeah, content is immediately available right now. Yeah, that is it's just at the at, at our fingertips. And you know when we were younger, we get bored so easy. We didn't have we didn't have that right. You had to watch this cartoon at this time on this station yep. on this day. And that's the way. And the it time in between, you figured out something to fucking do. That was it, and we didn't yep. get bored. Yep. But nowadays, we are so yep. used to having everything at the tip of our fingers. We get bored, man. That once we consume it and yep. we're done with it, we're immediately something on to the next thing. Yep. Yep. So if you want to be relevant as as a band, as a as an artist, as a podcaster, as a social media influencer, whatever it is. Yep. You have got to find a way to keep people from getting bored. And we're trying to figure that out this whole time. Yeah. You know, yep. just you guys as a it's band. It's not like we're experts no. on this by you, any means. I mean, we're learning with you yeah, guys. Exactly. So it's, n- and it's you cool guys that the listeners band, and viewers are able to see that. And us as, as a time podcast. Goes. Yeah. We actually had a really good plan. Yeah, we did. We were, we were doing a two part album. Yep. And so it was going to be six songs on each. Mm hmm. And we were going to release them within a year of each other. So yep. it was going to be kind of like putting out albums, but it was just going to be focusing a lot of energy towards 12 songs, release them at separate points yep. so that we can give ourselves breathing room to have a, a, a another album ready to, to deliver yeah. by the time the momentum started falling off of part two. Yep. But it was going to be a, a heavy grind to get part one and part two done because once we finished recording part one, we went in for our, I guess, kind of live run through for of the newer songs yeah, to the give them an songs. idea. Yeah, that's right. And he recorded us playing them live. Yep. And so it was going to be our opportunity to play around with, um, you know, taking a little bit of time to play around with some layers and stuff and then get right back into the studio to just to be ahead of the game that. and be ahead of the game. And then COVID. Yep. That's right. It killed it. 
I thought we just got lazy. Damn, it was COVID. No, it was it COVID. was it was COVID that that wrecked it for us. And then after COVID really started to dissipate, yeah, we just stayed lazy. Yeah, yeah. And then life happened. And then life happened. Yep, babies. And now you're trying to get back into the swing of things. So mm-hmm. it's just a process. And I think you guys are doing a, a good job this time around of, like you said, you know, with the recordings in-house, you're doing that preparedness It's a piece. lot quicker. It's going to be a lot quicker. Because we get together once a week. <clears throat> yeah. That once a week, we can do whatever the hell we want. Yep. Rather than go to the studio once every three weeks or whatever it is. Yeah. No doubt. Um, yeah, I think you guys have touched on a lot of good points there and, and given some good advice to um, all the up-and-comers that listen to the show. So did we miss well, anything that's, on that's that? That's for anybody, again, oh, in regards to I mean, to we, the can, we can talk and, about it for hours. Yeah, let's... We don't have hours. I want to I hear some, some hot takes. I want to get pissed. So we haven't... Uh, we, we've been bouncing around doing some new topics, doing some this or that, doing some top fives, but we can't forget completely our OG topic of heavy metal hot takes. So... We're going to dive into that because it's been a while and it's a fucking blast to get y'all riled up. So I'm going to start here with one that I saw on Twitter today. And this is from the uh, state of the scene podcast. I'm sure if you listen oh, to us, shit. I'm sure if you listen to us, you, you this listen is gonna to be an hour too, conversation so. in yeah. itself. So this is a tweet from the state of the scene podcast. And I, and I'm reading and I quote the three most important metal bands are Slipknot, Metallica and Linkin Park. End quote. Digest I'll, that one, I'll people. I'll say it again. Whew. The three most important metal bands are Slipknot, Metallica, and Linkin Park. <laughs> and by most important, I, you know, you think most influential, biggest impact, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, they had to, like, pave a way for something. Now, one of those is obvious. Yeah. Okay. Yep. And Tyler, being the Metallica hater that he is, might disagree, but... You know, Metallica. It's per- that one's pretty hard to argue, as far as one of the most. Do we impactful- ha- do we have to explain what impact they made or I don't what think they so. did? We like- don't have to explain it. But I got a couple bands on my my arm here that are heavily influenced by Metallica. Mm-hmm. So it is more than one. As mm-hmm. much as you hate Thrice, their guitarist is in love with Metallica. Yeah. He started out just like you two, where it was that was it. It was riffage. Then all what the turned time. him into? Well, if you listen to his guitar <laughs> parts, Hall and Oates in the first in the first few albums. I love Hall and Oates, Mumford bro. And I love get, Mumford. We're get mad in here. Look at Dave Matthews <laughs> Band. <laughs> but look, I'm getting flustered. I'm getting <laughs> yeah, choke, bitch. <laughs> On that BDSM, baby. Oh, fuck. And we've gone completely off the rails. Off the rails, baby. Hey, we're the quotes BD or the fucking quotes BDSM. I hope we'll be right back after a short break, everybody. I hope everybody laughed at that part as much as we did, man. Oh, man. That joke taking a break. You calling me a fucking shitty guitar. No, we're not taking a break. No, we ain't taking a break. Uh, We're good. Me call you calling me a shitty guitarist and the BDSM thing will never ever go away. But anyways. So yeah, you you know, you're talking about Thrice's guitarist being a big Metallica fan, yeah. All right. Had to take a take a moment. 
Hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I I cannot deny that Metallica is easily one of the more most important metal bands to ever exist. Yeah. So I think we're all in agreement on that. So th- they we also don't, yeah we don't need to explain. No, I don't Metallica feel like we have did. to explain yeah. that to them. Tyler did it well by saying, "Hey, I've got multiple bands on my arm yeah. that if it right. wasn't for Metallica, they wouldn't exist." So yeah, um, <clears throat> Slipknot. Hmm. So I I struggle with this one because I can totally see why people would think that because we said it a lot when especially when when we were younger Preston Slipknot carried metal like heavy metal music through oh, the 90s yes. and early 2000s when it was nothing but dad rock. Yep. Um now there was the metalcore scene that was coming to life. You said when, I'm sorry? Like the late 90s early 2000s. Yeah, you had you had new metal that was developing, but somehow Slipknot took it by storm. But yeah. well, and I've like I've said before, I don't think Slipknot is new metal. Right, I just think right. So we used to say that Slipknot carried he- like real, just straight up heavy metal through that time period because you had the rise of Dad Rock. Yep. They're coming off post grunge, yep. still the remnants of that coming into Dad Rock, <clears throat> and then you had Slipknot that was like, like if. Pantera and um, fucking Rob Zombie had a baby. Like, that was just kind of the vibe that they had, and it was extremely important for that time period. So I think that they're definitely one of the most um, iconic and popular and, yes, important bands of all time, but their span of influence, I don't know. So that's where I'll challenge you there in the way I'm thinking of that because I'm really trying to delve through this in my head. And Slipknot made that like scary look of metal cool, if that makes any sense. Like I know there were bands before that probably had a crazier different look, but it was like you would always see, I don't know how old we were then, but what are the outfits that metalheads would wear with like the black jeans? Oh yeah, and the, the flared out jeans. It was always the, the yeah, black the parachute slip pants. Parachute yeah, pants. the parachute yeah. pants and all their piercings and like it, the, the it was always hair, the, the it was always the white slip knot or the black slip knot shirt with slip knot and white re- that you would see or the red logo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah. And it was like something about what they did. They made it cool. If you ever like, watch the show Letterkenny, they call those people skids. <laughs> I don't know if anybody listens and watches later. Kenny. How are you now? I yeah. love that. Yeah. I love that show. Yeah. And I don't know that. <laughs> Good you? To me, it or feels like so Slipknot had started that for people for some reason. Sure. Um, and it was just this circus of sound that I don't know. I'm sure you can release. A lot of people can release their fucking demons to that stuff. You know, oh, at absolutely. the time. So I guess my point on this is, and by the way, at the end, we're literally all going to have to give our three most important metal bands. Uh, I figured Uh, that was the case. I'm going to make y'all do this. So I would have to, I'm on the fence with Slipknot. I I definitely see why it was mentioned. I I can't argue too hard with it, but me personally, I would probably not have them in that category. Hmm. How do you feel about Slipknot being on there? I do feel that Slipknot is new metal. Okay. I know a lot of people seem to think that new metal is just corn. Mudvayne. 
Corn really started it. Seven dust. But, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of bands classified as as new metal that don't sound that much like Corn. So, I, yeah, I would say Think about Limp Biscuit. I mean, they yeah, have nothing like Corn. Lincoln Park. What new metal was was this clash of like hip hop and R and B like rhythms and beats and, mm-hmm. and the flow of, of how, you know, things are saying and whatnot. Taking that and putting it into a metal format, basically just taking that planet with seven string guitars with all the gain mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and, and bringing a bagpipe out on stage. <laughs> I seen it live. <laughs> I seen it live twice. It's fucking amazing. But, uh, I would probably, I probably wouldn't disagree that Slipknot should be on the list. Okay. Because they took what, like, Corn and them were doing, and they made it really fucking metal. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what brought so many, so many, like, old school metal heads, people that were listening to things like Metallica and thrash metal and stuff brought some of those fans over to kind of the new metal side of things. Like think of Scotty. He yeah. grew up very yeah. much thrash yep. metal and then, mm-hmm. and then he, he got discovered, into that shit. He discovered Slipknot and then it was now he's a new metal fan. Then he starts branching out into other types of metal because new metal really I would say has more influence on today's metalcore than you know, the thrashy stuff does. Yeah, I could see that. Mm-hmm. So because of the rhythm and there was a because certain, of the rhythm yep. and and there there's a little thrash in there. Slipknot proved it. Sli- I was going to say, yeah, Slipknot, I mean, they, they sure. has, and there Slipknot's was I think some, there was like thrashy shit, especially with thrash metal and Metallica. There was a level of angst that wasn't in hair metal and shit like yeah, that. it was angry. But then it was like a Slipknot style band and specifically Slipknot was like another level of angst. Anger. That it was like something new, but it had that same angst that people like to, oh, to yeah. surround <laughs> themselves in. I think that's new metal in general. But but if I could yeah. sum up why I agree they should be on the list, it's because you had corn over here, straight new metal. And then you have all these millions of thrash metal heads. Mm-hmm. And then Slipknot was like right here. Yeah. And just brought everyone together. Yeah, that's fair. Yep, yep. That's when you put it like that. It, it I mean, it makes yep. a lot of sense, and I would, I would really have a hard time arguing against that. So, I'm a good arguer. <laughs> okay, so last but not last least is Lincoln Park, and this is where I get a little lost. And I want, I want the listeners to know, I, I want their opinions on this yeah. as well. So, so comment I mean, or whatever. Let me just say, I fucking love Lincoln Park. Um, always have. I mean, I've, I've loved them since I was a kid. <clears throat> But I, I just don't really get this one because, Ooh. I mean, who's Linkin Park influenced? So, you know, and, and it's just, I'm maybe I, I just don't know. I'm, I'm genuinely asking, but, you know, I, I, while I think Linkin Park was revolutionary and um, one of the best bands of their time and continue to be incredibly popular and, you know, the loss of Chester, I think, is 
one of the biggest losses in the metal community. Um, but I just struggle with them being in that top three all, I mean, most important all time. Most important. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I just, I don't know. I see why you're baffled here, and I'm kind of yeah. baffled. My well, no, baffled's not the word. You're right. My yeah, head. I'm like, hmm? yeah, the baffled's not the word. Um, I conflicted. Yeah, you're, I see where you're conflicted, and I, I go back to a personal experience with me, and I've mentioned on the show a couple times when I was a kid, um, because I was in sports and specifically into basketball. I was mainly into hip hop music. Now, always background music was hair metal. You know, when I was around dad, it was hair metal. When I was around mom, it was Cinderella bands. I guess you could say hair metal, but more ballady stuff. Um, But what I was listening to growing up as a kid, even I would say second grade on was hip hop and R&B based stuff. Um, and I remember when I was a kid, Lincoln Park had came around, and I don't know when it was, but it was either... Meteora was like 2002 or 2003, okay. okay. Yeah, I just remember being probably 7, 8, maybe not, yeah, 7, 8, 9, maybe 10, 11, whatever, hearing that mix of hip-hop and rock music. Mm-hmm. And I fucking loved it. And it was different than, like, hip-hop and rock. Yeah, in and keep in like mind, keep in mind, all the boys. metal... Because there was that angst with Linkin Park. Yes, yeah. Keep in mind, all the metal and the rock was background noise to me at at this time. It was, I never really delved into it. But that mix of rap and rock, it was just something I absolutely loved because they wrote good choruses... Uh, there was that level of angst that mm-hmm. we talk about. Um, and then the other dude, the rapping part. Mike, yep. Yeah, it it shot me into rock music. and I, I guess I didn't realize it, but I'm like, they might be one of the most influential bands ever on me because of what sure. it got me into. It sure. made me want to listen. Yeah, it made me want to listen to more rock music and then more metal music and all mm-hmm. that. Everything's a bridge. Yeah, so I see I see where they said one mm-hmm. of the most important metal bands because a kid like me that I wouldn't say that I didn't like metal at the time, but just it was background music once again that I mean here I am nowadays a full full blown metalhead and first band that probably did that for me the, was Lincoln Park. The reason I'm Tyler, I don't want to get in front of you too much here, but the reason I struggle with it so much is the quote is three most important metal bands, right? Mm-hmm. They would have just said three most important bands or rock and metal bands. Then I, because when I really think deep about metal, and we'll get to it when I name my top yeah. three, but when I think metal, I'm thinking metal. I mean, dude, Hybrid I mean, Theory and Meteora, those were yeah, heavy, those are dude. Heavy as fuck. I mean, those are those metal are heavy, That's heavy shit. But there's, uh, I'll get to it. I don't want to dive too deep okay. into it, but Tyler, go ahead, buddy. I think of them as a metal band because of those two I do two too, albums. but I'll, you, you, when I name my top three, you'll get what I mean. Okay. So first, <clears throat> on that note, I will say I, I do not agree with them being on that list. Because they were only metal for their first two albums, mm-hmm. and then they went more towards the mainstream, yeah, mainstream R and B kind of hip hop, rocky sort chorus. of mm-hmm. rocky ish stuff. I don't know. That was that was not metal as fuck, bro. No, 
Meteor um, and Hybrid Theory. Hybrid Theory but were those the, two albums, look, put I cannot look. I cannot listen to either of those albums and drive. No. Because I will find myself yeah. going like a yes. hundred and a fifty-five. Yeah, it, it, it makes me want to drive time. fast. Makes me just want to rage. Yep. Mm-hmm. Crazy. Paper it's cut. metal as paper, fuck. Paper, paper That's metal as fuck. Metal as paper fuck, cut dude. To this day, so they're like, a fucking metal band. They were a metal band. Uh-huh. <laughs> now, I can see why um, this person would say they are up there though because they kind of did the same thing um that i was saying with slipknot where slipknot brought two genres of music together and i think lincoln park did a really good job of contributing to that what i would say is that they weren't the first yeah they were just maybe the more appeasing to the were they the best hip-hop side and um R&B side and stuff. Because Limp Biscuit was doing it first. Mm-hmm. He was just... Lincoln did better. Did Lincoln Park do it better? That, oh, for sure. Yeah, well, Lincoln Park did it better. A, they had a, more, a, a, a bigger influence, I would say. For sure. And none of their members are hated. Exactly. <laughs> and that's what I was saying is... Or getting to say is that people just didn't like Fred Durst. Yeah. Because he was so such a cocky person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe he wasn't a great person, and he was unapologetically himself. I don't know. Unapologetically, Fred. <laughs> Jesus Christ! But um, they did an amazing job mixing, you know, rap and metal, and that's why they're considered new metal. Mm-hmm. And but I'm telling I, you, I think Lincoln Park reached a wider range yeah. than Limp Biscuit, and that's why I would say. It is fair to say. I think they should be on the list. It is fair to argue that they are on the list. For what I just don't agree with. I just think a personal experience and what they did for me into rock and metal music, they're on my list. Oh, dude, when I heard. They're uh, on my list. What was that one big single? I was listening to 50 Cent fucking with a BB gun out the window, and somehow these dudes made me want to be a metalhead. So. You would then have two of the three on your list, so let's jump into it. Who's your who's your I, I, I got to think, I got to think, but I'm I know it may be uh, that is a very controversial take, but for me, they're Lincoln so you Park's would have Metallica for I, me. I can almost tell you who your third would be, but I'm not going to. Don't I tell want you me. To yeah, come, come to it because it's. I mean, have you summed up your part about Lincoln Park? I kind of cut you off, but oh, I I was just looking up which song it was but i remember being a little kid when uh in the end was was coming mm, out in the end was it one and it step was closer on that mtv because that was the only way i really heard yeah. music yeah you know i was a fucking kid in a house full mm-hmm. of women i had no control over the radio in the car right. how dare i assume that i can change the channel <laughs> from fucking in sync and backstreet boys now don't be hating on NSYNC hey well you know i i got a little appreciation for them what's up, what's up? you know they, they they cool and all but like <laughs> they cool and all i wanted to listen to in the end bro. I, wanted to jam, I, wanted to, bro. I wanted to listen to rock yeah and something about chester was just so fucking cool yeah he's he's just absolutely. so fucking cool man absolutely it's like they he, made it he, cool he, he, he was they just awesome. felt cool yeah, pretty great so do you do you know your like three most important metal bands of all time? 
Or do you want me to go ahead? Because I know mine. Go ahead. Okay. So I agreed with Metallica. That that one goes without saying. My next two might make you scratch your head. I don't know. Number two is Alice in Chains. And I'll explain them both in a minute. Number three is Eyes Only Dying. Alice in Chains, because when we talked about how Slipknot was basically in the middle of two genres and was able to bring both of them together, right? Mm-hmm. Alice in Chains was the same thing <clears throat> in the 90s. Because when you think of grunge, or at least when I think of grunge, you know, there's other bands that pop into my head, like Nirvana, like Pearl Jam, like, uh, you name Stone them. Temple Stone Temple Pilots. Pilots. Yeah, you name them. And then there was Alice in Chains. And then when you think of heavy metal in the 90s, you think of Megadeth, you think of Pantera, you think of shit like that. And Alice in Chains was somewhere in the middle. They had the grungy lyrics, the grungy feel, the attitude, the way they dressed. They were from Seattle, all that stuff. But then their music was straight up heavy metal. Like Jerry Cantrell is one of my top five favorite guitarists of all time. So Alice in Chains was able to fuse, just like Slipknot, two different genres and two different fan bases together and create some of the most popular to this day music. And Alice in Chains spawned so many bands in that post-grunge era. And there's so many dad rock like go go ask Ben Burnley from Benj- Breaking Benjamin who right. his you know one of his number one influences are, is or whatever. Yeah. So there's my take on Alice in Chains. When I say as I lay dying, ninety percent of the bands that I listen to today would not be around if it wasn't for Shadows Are Security. That album from them is arguably the most influential metalcore album ever, and I have to thank them just as much as I have to thank Metallica for all the bands that I listen to today mm-hmm. because their style and especially some of the more aggressive bands, yeah. just, you know, not melodic metalcore, mm-hmm. you know, the more like Polaris and, and, um, wow, I'm drawing huge blank moths, you know, yeah. so many bands like that that are just so fucking pissed off, like real straight up metalcore, mm-hmm. man, that's in my opinion, a lot of that comes from As I Lay Dying. So, that's my three. Hmm. Hmm. I see I see what you're saying. Do you think I'm a way out of left field on any of those? So, my I, only take... I, I think you're out on Alice in Chains. Just a I do, bit. too. Okay. I, I do, too. Um, so, my take on As I Lay Dying, and I don't know... You don't have to I go can... too deep, because I want to hear yeah. your guys' too. Yeah. I, I understand that Slipknot was not metalcore, mm-hmm. but it's like... Because of their all over the place style and their speed, they started what they started the As I Lay Dying. Like, As I Lay Dying, I would assume it's a big influence of theirs. I would disagree. I really would because I think that As I Lay Dying took a lot more um, influence from bands like Pantera that were more on that hardcore side. And some Metallica, of course. Yeah, I'm sure. with their speed. Yeah. Um, so, Thrash, for a band's like. As they dying and kill switch and bullet, they, they've all those guys have said it multiple times. Their biggest influence was Metallica. Yeah. So, but then you had like Pantera with that super aggressive attitude and the the gra- Phil Phil Ensemble's growl, that mm-hmm. kind of harsh vocal style. Which there was bands, there were bands that were screaming long before. Yeah, yeah. As dying, I mean, right. you go back to like eighties, nineties death metal. Yeah, yeah. Th- those dudes were all 
<laughs> doing that shit. That's all it was. But so I, I mean, I'm sure that they probably got a little bit of influence from Slipknot, but Slipknot wasn't around that much longer before bands like Eyes yeah. Lay Dying and yeah. Switch and all those guys yeah. started. I mean, all the remains put out an album in the nineties, bro. Yeah. So I mean, that's it's true. They weren't around true. long enough to be like, oh, these dudes slap. Or Slipknot, right. you know, didn't really break out into mainstream success until uh-huh. the Subliminal versions, which was in like. 2003 yeah now their first couple albums were still really popular in the underground what year scene. was the as i lay dying album shadows are security yeah. that was 2005 that's not their first album yeah. though right so yeah 2005 2005 was a huge year for that i mean mm-hmm. that's when fall of ideals came out that's when kill switch put out as either the end of heartache or the one right after that i think it was uh it was one of those albums the end yeah. of heartache and then the one right after that but Trivium put out um, Ascendancy in 2005, I'm pretty sure. So that was a huge year for Metalcore. But I'm getting too deep into Wormhole. No, that's mm, that's tough. Tyler, you said something about Allison Chains. You feel like I'm a little out on that. I just don't think they are... And this is one of your favorite bands, too. So this is interesting. I don't don't think it's metal. I I can see where you can get it from, you know, Jerry being pretty pretty metal himself. I, I don't know that I could I could really call them metal. Sure, I get that. Yeah, it was it was yeah. very grunge. Yeah, and I've been diving into a lot of the old grunge this past week. We talked about that a little yeah, bit earlier. Did. I have too, which is funny you say that. I've been listening <laughs> to a lot of grunge too. But you know, Allison Chains is really in line on their sound with you know Soundgarden and mm-hmm. Stone Temple Pilots. Um, Temple of the Dog, yep. stuff like that. Yeah, I just for me they were always more more metal. In they my, are it's because Jerry's guitar tone. It, it is. is. His it tone is. Jerry's tone. Is Jerry's guitar tone. Rest. You know, so yep. many of those riffs off of the facelift album yep. are just fucking disgusting. And it's just, and again, that's you know one album I know, but you know, Dirt's got some heavy ass shit on it too. And but Dirt is more of a grunge record. Facelift is more of a metal record, and that's my favorite yeah. Alice in Chains yeah. album. Well, actually, Jar of Flies is the yeah. acoustic one. But, you know, for me, the, I've always just considered them, in my mind's eye, a metal band. And I'm sure that, you know, the, the genre of Nazis will come after me for that, and that's fine. But it just, in my personal mind, Alice in Chains has always been a metal band, a grunge metal band. For me, so they did something that was different. They did something that was different. It always felt it always felt outside the box. Jam. It was different than STP. It was just it was different. So outside like a man in the box. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Preston, what's your uh, whoever wants to go first? I want to hear y'all's top three. Preston, that dude, I don't fucking know. Uh, I can't really Metallica. Dude, the Lincoln Park thing, that's Y'all, got you me. already spoke it into existence. You it's said got me on torn it. like cream, Nope, bud. you said they're already on it. Yeah, they're on it. Ooh, because I know what they did for my personal experience for me. I, I know what your third metal. one is. I'm, I'm ashamed that you don't know it. You want me to say it it's and you'd be like, oh yeah, that's Is it, it Kill Switch? No, you're close. It's not all that remains. Oh, that's what I was thinking. No, because I don't think they had the impact that a kill switch or an as I lay or an as I lay did. Yeah. yeah, that's fair. Are get are we talking? We're just saying who in we your think, mind the most important three metal bands of all time. God, Lincoln Park, Metallica. I see why they put Slipknot on that yeah, list. It's, it's too, a tough dude. one to really argue. Oh my god, that one God. I think is way tougher to argue than Lincoln Park. 
I just know what Lincoln Park did for me yeah. as a kid. So you've got, um, and again, this is, and it's all personal. It it's all subject or objective, subjective. Um, and I'm sure there's a lot of people we'll that can it. relate. I'll, I'll figure it I out. probably didn't do a good job of putting it into words. Like, yeah, <laughs> I, I probably didn't do a good job of putting it into words. Like why I felt as if they were one of the most influential mm-hmm. metal bands, but if they can relate to my personal, it's not influential. It's most important. Yeah. Most important or so, whatever. Yeah. Um, Fuck, dude. I would say Kill Switch only yeah. because I discovered and was into Kill Switch before I was as I lay down. And I was too, but I, I think that for me personally, I just put as I lay dying on such a pedestal for everything yeah. that they've done for the genre. Yeah. And Kill Switch did just just as much. Just as much. So it's yeah. not, you know, taken away from, you know, either one of those guys. But Tyler? That's hard, dude. This is going to be Metallica, Nickelback. <laughs> <laughs> I quit. Fuck this podcast. <laughs> Fuck this podcast. Talking look, about Nickelback once is bad enough. Look. You say Man, one I, fucking I think... stupid ass band that don't make sense. I'm throwing my joke at you. You'll be like, I really think that pushes glasses up. Like, what did Ryan say about... Polyphia fans, they're the yeah. dick, most dick stroking, yeah. nerdy. I don't know where the clit is. Have <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right, it's not going to be me. Man, I think you would have to take it way further back, man. And go to, yes, I and know. You, go would, to Black you would have Sabbath, to say something like yeah. Black Sabbath yeah. or something like yep. that because. Yep. And, and I'm that's not, what I'm a lot of the arguments. Educated on it. That's what a lot of the arguments on Twitter were with so many people were like, what about Sabbath? Sabbath. What about yeah. Sabbath? What about Sabbath? Yep. And yeah, for sure. But even they didn't have as big of a influence as Metallica. And if it wasn't for Black Sabbath, there wouldn't be Metallica. So I yeah, get but that. like, what bands got about, into metal because of Sabbath? There's I, a I lot. Think there's dude. a lot less bands back in the day than there is now. I so, think you have to consider yeah. the bands that started metal. You do. And so that's why I would say you would have to take it back and you'd have to say someone like Sabbath mm-hmm. or some of those metal bands in that era. Again, yeah, I'm not Saxon, in Deep Purple. Yeah, I'm yeah. not super educated on that time period of metal music because it's just not something I listen to. Right. Um, Dio. Dio. All right, he got some what? jams, bro. Uh, D- Ronnie James Dio. We were obsessed with him. Yes, we were. But, um,. You you would have to say something like that, and so that's why I think it's so crazy that they they would say Lincoln Park over some of these bands way yeah, back when. Sure. But I I I think Slipknot has a strong argument, and Metallica has an undeniable slot. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think when you talk about the Mount Rushmore of metal, you just go ahead and pencil in Metallica. You just mm-hmm. go ahead and put them in it. And and I would whether you like them or not. whether you like them or not. Yeah. So yeah. going through my grunge, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't think grunge would have happened without James Hetfield. No, I'm so glad you said Ooh. that because no, not at all, bro. Because if you listen to a lot of grunge music, like the music itself is, it's kind of metal. Yeah. It's just it doesn't have those heavy, girthy tones like the the metal bands were using other than Alice in Chains. Alice in Chains was using that tone. That's mm-hmm. why I can definitely see why you would call them a metal band. Yeah. 
They did but not. Without, Gary never had a fuzzy tone. But mm-hmm. without a band like Metallica, that was not screaming. No. Mm-mm. He was. He was yeah, singing. Yeah. And he, was, he was giving these very aggressive vocals. I don't think you would have had the type of vocals that you had in grunge. I don't think you would have had the style of music being played in that genre um, without Metallica, and so I would I would say Metallica created grunge. Yeah, and if, let's dive into the lyrics because you want to talk about James Hetfield. Well, you know he's writing most of these lyrics. Go listen to um, and Justice for All. I mean, any of the first, uh, well, from. From Ride the Lightning through Injustice for All. So many of those songs are about government and politics mm-hmm. and war yep. and yep. all of that. Well, what's grunge sing about a lot? When you think about a lot of those bands, they're singing. Like, go yep. listen to Rooster. What's that song yeah. about? It's about war. War sucking. Yep. Yep. So they, made, those... they made it cool to talk about something other than parties yep. and women. Yep. And like cars and dumb shit. Yeah. They made it cool to talk about stuff other than that that was just cool to listen to. Um made it cool to listen to other shit. Yeah. And and stuff with a deeper message. You know, I'll give dude credit where credit's due. He's he's no bitch when it comes to, to writing lyrics. I also gotta give credit to Dave Mustaine because Megadeth was do has done mm-hmm. so much like, you know, corrupt government, political mm-hmm. Um, war, all those kinds of things in their song structure for 30, 40 years. So very similar to Metallica in that sense. Just didn't have as big of a fan of influence. But, um, but no, I'm glad you said something about that because I do not think that there would be grunge without Metallica. That is weird to think, though, at the same time, like on the surface. Yeah. It's like Metallica created grunt. What? Yeah, what? What, what do you mean? So, they're they're so completely yeah, different. I know? don't like listening to, to Metallica much. I, I did growing up, but I think I clumped it in with all of the, the 80s and you did wrong, 70s boy. and 80s that you I started playing music to. Um, and I kind of threw all that away when I found grunge and yeah. um, things like Smile Empty Soul and stuff. But, you know, like I said, credit where credit's due. I'll never take away from what Metallica's done for music um, and their impact on a lot more people than I'll ever touch. Sure. So shout out State of the Scene podcast for that topic because I, when Kyler sent that over to me, I was immediately thrilled and wanted to we talk got a little about that up. on the show. Yeah. Yeah, no. Don't want to yeah. don't definitely want to make sure we mention them cuz that is from state of the scene. So they're yep. they're uh they're pretty damn popular. So they put yep. a topic out there on Twitter today and we figured we'd talk about it on here. So um okay, well that's my hot take. Next. Go ahead, Preston. You said you had a humdinger of one. Uh, I don't know that it's a humdinger of one. No. You got a hell of a holler. Um <laughs> to us, it's not to to us guys in here. It's not going to be a hot take whatsoever because you're okay. going to say, "Well, duh." But there's a lot of fucking there's a lot of fucking. I'm gonna fight you just because. There's a lot of listeners out there that love this band, and Look, I tell you what, I'll fight. I'll fight. Y'all are fucking wrong. Reason being, 
was driving in my car today, figured I'd give a band a chance again. You, ever, you know how you give a band a second, third chance every now and then? I ain't listening to those guys in forever. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Amity Affliction. Oh, Jesus Christ. There are four songs that they have dropped on this new album that they got coming out. is fucking putrid. <laughs> <laughs> fucking horrible. Bro, I'm so glad you said that. It's because... like they heard people were bitching at them to get heavy again or something or get creative. And all they did were blast beats and that other guy saying the choruses. And it was fucking horrible. Every single song. I know song. that horrible. my guy Jake... And Metalcore Highlights is listening to this right now. He's going, a big fan of it. No. Oh, no, okay. Thank God. God. Fucking thank you. Thank you, Jake. Because, dude, man, those they they're bad. Chasing Ghosts, um, the album that had Pits, Let the Ocean Take mm-hmm. Me, those two records, there was a third one, were really fucking good. They were really good. Oh, I was obsessed with yes. them. Yes. I was and obsessed like, with them. I'm like, oh, my God, finally another Metalcore band yep. that's putting out good music. This is the shit. And then they Can't just, I mean, went to fucking hell in a handbasket, bro. <laughs> Dude, I haven't listened to any of the They lost shit all creativity. And, like, it, they they started creating the same song after song so after song. And it was like, overrated, well, let's just bro. keep fucking doing it. They're so fucking overrated. I'll do it again. <laughs> yeah. I'll fucking do it again. Uncle <laughs> <laughs> Ruckus in this bitch. He's crying. <laughs> I see the tears. Bro, they had to say that like another three. They had to say that like another three hundred fucking times because they've sucked for about eight fucking years. Their dude. their label was They're probably horrible. like, "Look, we need we need another song." Well, <laughs> and that dude's screaming, oh, do it again. <laughs> Jesus, that dude's <laughs> sorry. That dude's scream is like. Fingernails. Oh my god, it's fucking horrible. It's so bad. It's so bad. Don't do it again. I I fucking hate. I hate shitting on bands, but like, I don't want to shit on them either. But dude, dude. Which we I shit on Ghost and Sleep Token the other the other day. So I mean, I guess oh, and people probably say the same about our music, and that's okay. But but fuck, dude, it's horrible. It is absolutely but it's horrible. It's so bad. I, I, none of us in here are going to disagree with you, but I'm sure some of the listeners will probably never listen to us again because the Amity Affliction. <laughs> They're is, probably the Amity, Amity Affliction, lovers. If I listen to it, they run my deep. Fucking eardrum. They run deep. Lovers of Amity, man. Probably pissed off quite a few there, That's but they need to reevaluate their taste in fucking metal music. We that shit is horrible. At some points, Tyler. Do you have anything else to add to that one? <clears throat> I've never really listened to them. You're lucky. <sighs> <laughs> I mean the first those those albums I mentioned are pretty yeah good. they're good. You'll have to send them to me. I never really I never really got into them. I remember loving playlist. Let the Ocean Take. When me. I first yeah. heard them, it was on ninety nine seven The Blitz, which is only a bad <laughs> sign. Yeah, and exactly. There was a lot of stuff I we heard on there that I was metal. just like, I'm just not okay with this. Yeah, and but they would they would once in a while come through with a little bit of grunge, you know. Mm-hmm. I'd be happy with that, but. Then they played Imagine Dragons. <laughs> Here's I don't Blaine. think they ever played Imagine played nothing Dragons. nothing but metal. But yeah, that's that's basically what it was. It's a butt rock station. You're listening to 93 Fuck Hard but Rock Radio. I used to I used to love it. 
I used to love it. Um, and then <laughs> Apple Music movies. happened, and I I left the building. Uh, yeah. But no, y'all, I, I never... got a headache from laughing so damn hard. Not great. <laughs> Not great. But in regards to Amity, no, that's that's all I have to say. I, I really didn't listen to him. So I can't, I can't really speak to it. Man, I'm, I'm not talking they're, about those guys personally or anything, but, but that shit fucking they're sucks. Yeah, it's it bad. is horrible. It's not good. It's like if I tried to scream what it would fucking sound like. That's worse. Yeah. It's like if I recorded my six-month-old. <laughs> it's bad. <clears throat> it's bad. Tyler, what's your hot take, buddy? <laughs> Let's All see right, if we boys. can piss more people off. All right, boys. Oh, great. Here we go. We're, we're going in. So, <gasps> uh... There's not enough positivity in metal. Hmm. In regards to the lyrics or the vibe around it? it. So we've talked on this show about why we listen to metal. Had a really good conversation with Derek and we've had conversations, just the three of us. And then also with some other uh, guests that have come on, uh, Ryan and Scotty. But, um, all of our stories are pretty well the same, man. It was metal was this thing that allowed us to release our demons, mm-hmm. you know, help think through heavy shit that we are dealing with. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, like Derek said, the, the soundtrack for your story mm-hmm. kind of thing. But one thing that is backed by science is that the music you listen to heavily affects your mood. Mm -hmm. Oh, for sure. And so a lot of metal is not good mood shit. Like if you're in a bad mood, it can help you work through that so that you can be in a better mood, you know, when you get to work or whatever it is. But it is is not positive shit to listen to Mm -hmm. on... A regular basis and i think that there could be an issue of you know a lot of people that listen to metal being upset about this that or whatever might be due to the music that they're listening to and and creating this negative outlook on everything else around them mm. well i think this is a great topic because it's always a good idea to keep yourself in check right and that's yep. kind of what this topic is is yeah, we talk about how great metal music is and it's, you know, the best part of our best part of our lives and all this shit. But we do have to take a step back sometimes and analyze the flaws. Mm-hmm. And I think that definitely is one of them. Um man, a lot of lyrics are dark. A lot of the songs are dark. Um it's anger, it's frustration, <clears throat> it's angst, it's loss, it's all of those things. And yeah, and uh, too much of anything can be a bad thing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's but why I feel like <laughs> when we go back to our conversation about ballads, right? Mm-hmm. And a lot of those are oh, a huge release of emotion. And, you know, I think we could use more of those in metal. Um, we could just use some more positive. That's why I think I enjoy, like, Christian metalcore so much because even if I don't particularly care about, you know, the, the message, I still know that it's positive and the words are positive. Um, I feel good when I listen yeah. to Wolves mm-hmm. at the Gate. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. And I'm not a religious person at all. No, you're not. So, 
and I feel good listening to them, and not because of the religious piece of it, but just because the way the song flows and makes me feel. Yeah. And listening to the lyrics. So I think it's always good to kind of take a step <laughs> back and analyze our culture, our, you know, the, the culture that is metal music, um, and, and say, hey, we got to remember to kind of keep ourselves online and keep ourselves uh, in, in check here. So, no, it's a great point. You know, I definitely see where you're coming from there, and I agree to a point. But then it's like when Like Malls to Flames dropped that new song or when Polaris dropped their last album or other bands that I enjoy, metal bands that I enjoy, dropped their latest stuff that I enjoyed, like... I remember being elated. Like the smile on my face while I was listening to that stuff was ear to ear. Yeah. So that's where a part of me is like, no, and, I, I agree, but then. And I'm not saying that that isn't real and that feeling isn't real. I think if I can speak for Tyler a little bit here, what he's saying is that Translate. for so many years, <laughs> for so many years, metal has just been thought of and looked at as dark and um it goes back to one of the very first episodes mm-hmm. where we talk about you know metal metalheads are uneducated devil worshipers that stigma is still around and yeah. it's, it can be like a cloud hanging over the community um and we in the community don't always realize the way that it looks to somebody else whether we care or not or should care or not we don't always see it from the outside looking in. And I think what Tyler's trying to get us to do is to walk outside and look look yeah. inside at the culture from an outsider's yeah, perspective. Okay. So I, that's an interesting take. I love it. But I was talking more in the sense of I think there are listeners out there, and I, I catch myself doing it too, um, listening to a whole lot of metal listening to the messages that are being portrayed and it kind of makes me think of these negative thoughts and everything. And then I can sometimes carry that negativity into other things that I'm doing, be it at work or, you know, I'm, I'm probably not going to listen to a lot of metal on my way to a social event. Sure. Probably not going to do that yeah. unless I'm going to a metal concert. I'm a complete opposite. Then we're going to listen to Norma Jean the whole way there. We're going to watch Norma Jean play, and then we're going to listen to Norma Jean all the way back. It's going to be fun. <laughs> but, you know, aside from that, it's like I, I, there's this fine line that you have to balance where, yes, when a new metal album hits, I get really excited because I love the music and I love the style and, and the the sound of it and I really just keep playing it and keep playing it and I start listening to the message and I'm I'm hearing this negative message or it's a it's a negative topic and then I'm starting to carry that negativity into other facets of my life and I think there's a lot of metalheads out there that might be creating some mm. turmoil yeah, for themselves that chaos. doesn't need to be there yeah and that's why I listen to things like reggae and alternative and i'll switch to some dad rock because i'm you know i'm a dad so like <laughs> it's kind of a requirement mm-hmm. you know that my new balances. i got something in the mail when my son was born <laughs> x number of hours of dad rock per week okay creed it is 
Cool. All right. This. Like, <laughs> Should have been there. <laughs> that one will never die either. No. It's Scott Stapp we trust. Yes. We need to get a banner. I I'm, I want to I want to put that on our band banner because he is like our god. Might get us some attention, <laughs> good or bad. Yeah, you need to start playing in Dallas Cowboy jerseys, <laughs> flying around. Fly around. <laughs> Shut up and <laughs> Doing this with the mic. Like, <laughs> get a big fan to blow your hair and like lean into it. I can't find around. Rip your me fucking open. shirt off. Shirts open, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. my god. Yep. We found our gateway, but yes. <laughs> the fans are going to quit quit listening because I've been singing. Whoopsie. Gonna... <laughs> At least I'm not singing the Mickey Mouse Clubhouse one, one more. song stuff. One more. One more. One more what? With her arms wide open. Under the so uh anyway back to the topic of hand. god i love creed <laughs> we're all gonna jam and I cry to some creed, creed bro once once we uh stop recording here. yeah but um yeah so if, if i can kind of sum up my hot take it's that I, I think there's too much negativity not enough positive messaging in um metal music you know it would be nice to hear <coughs> nine songs of I want to kill people, mm-hmm. and then maybe one song of Hey, maybe, maybe don't don't kill people. Yeah, it's an idea. Mate, you know we we got our aggression out the the previous nine songs. Let's finish it out with something uplifting. No, I I would agree with that. That's a valid point. That's a valid point. Well, it's always fun getting back in here and just having the three of us uh, shoot the shit like old times and. I love having our guests on, but sometimes it's fun for the three of us just to get back in and just riff and, it and just riff it. Just come up with yeah. some some topics and and uh, <clears throat> discuss amongst the three of us. And hopefully, uh, any up and coming artists that have been listening have enjoyed uh, the conversation we had in the the first segment. Um, you know, talking about new recordings and things like that. And hope uh, all uh, all you other listeners have enjoyed the conversation as well. So, as a reminder. Um, wherever you may be listening, thank you. Um, if you're listening on Spotify, Google, Apple, whichever, and you want more and you want more right now, please feel free to jump over to our Patreon page at TSIS podcast, or just type in the screaming idiots show and you can subscribe to our backstage pass for five bucks. It's not that much. Um, we're, we're using anything from that we make off of that to further, improve this show whether yep. that is better equipment um paying uh and incentivizing some guests that may be a long ways away to come on the show um helping out with things like that so if you're interested in that hop over on patreon and, and get all of our content and drink it through a fire hose promo um, code is bdsm also, uh, yes <laughs> Son of a i've been bitch. waiting to say that for 30 seconds <laughs> <laughs> i can see him over there all fucking giddy Pick me, pick me. Dude, dude looked like he had to take a shit. Yeah. <laughs> so, so pick me. Pick obviously, me. obviously, we're recording season two. You know, over a period of time. Um, if you're listening to this by now, we we should be you know taking your your t-shirt orders. Um, so what by now we'll have the design out. You guys will know what it looks like. Um, hope you love it. Hope you want to wear them and represent. 
And if you do, please just reach out to, to us on any of our social media platforms. Let us know the sizes you want, and we'll get you taken care of. Mm-hmm. Um, go follow all the social media accounts. Like I said, we're on Instagram, uh, Twitter, TikTok, YouTube. All of it is at TSIS Podcast, or you can just search The Screaming Idiot Show. We're constantly putting out content for you guys, um, both in long podcast form and in shorts and reels. Bonus content on Patreon. We're trying to cover all our bases. So go follow all, all of our social media accounts. Tell a friend. Tell a family member. Come listen to us. Come hang out with us. Be a part of the metal brotherhood that is the Screaming Idiots show. And until next time, we are the Screaming Idiots. Peace, love, dove.